0: One, two, three. Welcome back to Your Real Source, the podcast about real estate. But before we get into that, let's talk about our pandemic curve. We always talk about the pandemic curve and you can find this graph on our website, which is yourrealsource.info. And today what we've got is the results from the last week, and the pendings and the close are up over the same week of the previous year. However, the new listings are just barely keeping up with the amount from last year. So what's happening is the inventory is shrinking and it's not keeping up with the demand, and that's why the number of pendings and close are up, which is great, but the number of listings is just barely keeping up. So we have a shrinking inventory, which is also leading to prices continuing to rise. So if you'd like to see that graph, go to our site and take a look at that. And now it's time for Etiquette Minute. Jake, can you start the courtesy clock? Sometimes you get to the showing that you've scheduled, and there's already somebody there showing the property ahead of you. The proper etiquette is to wait until they're done. Don't go into the house at the same time that they're in there. Wait for the party to leave. And make sure that they have locked up the house and you get the key out of the lockbox. Don't take the key from the agent that was previously there. And that is our etiquette minute for today. And we did it in less than a minute. Today, we've got a great interview with Colleen Delang. Oh, wait, wait, wait. sounds like we have some questions or a question from a listener. Jake, do we have a question? Yes, we do. Dave, I was running a few minutes late for my scheduled home inspection. The inspector asked for the lockbox code. Is it okay to give a lockbox code to an unlicensed home inspector? That is a great question. And the answer would be no, never give a lockbox code to an unlicensed home inspector. Home inspectors are not licensed by the state, and therefore they're not allowed to have the lockbox combination. So that would not be allowed. And there's a fine involved. So there's a $1,000 fine for giving it to a home unlicensed person. And there's even a fine for giving it to another agent. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to put a back, the key back in and let the agent get it himself. There's a $50 fine for that. But the big thing is never, never give the lockbox combination to an unlicensed home inspector. Okay, today's guest is going to be Colleen DeLang. We've talked to her before, but today we're going to talk about some very special new statuses that are in the MLS. So let's see if we can uh, get her on the line. Mm -hmm. Okay, Colleen, do we have you on the line?
1: Yes. Hello, Dave. Thanks so much for having me back.
0: Yes. Thank you for coming back on the podcast. We really appreciate it. So, what we're going to talk about today is some new statuses in the MLS. And we do add things to the MLS from time to time, but it's a little unusual to add statuses because they're usually pretty traditional. But uh, we've got two brand new statuses this year. And first, we'd like to talk about why did we add two new statuses? It has mainly to do with the fact that we do a lot of data sharing. We've talked about data sharing in the podcast already several times. But when you data share with other MLSs throughout the state, if they add a new status, then it's important for us to also have that same new status so that when the data share listing comes over we have an appropriate place to put it so that our members, when they're looking for it, can find it. And so that's what happened. Other MLSs have added a couple of statuses, so we had to add those statuses so that it would not negatively impact the data sharing. The thing that led to one of these new statuses is a new mandate by the National Association of Realtors. It's called the Clear Cooperation. It's policy 8. And what it states, I'm going to read it for us. It says, within one business day of marketing the property to the public, the listing broker must submit the listing to the MLS for cooperation with other MLS participants. Public marketing includes but is not limited to flyers displayed in Windows, yard signs, digital marketing on public-facing websites, brokerage website displays including IDX and VOW, digital communications, marketing, email blasts, multi-brokerage, listing sharing networks, and applications available to the general public. So basically anything, any type of advertising or marketing, which really includes everything, but most importantly includes social media, Facebook. I see that most people, when they get a new listing, the very first thing that they want to do is put it on Facebook. This new policy means that It's got to go in the MLS no matter what Once you, within one day after marketing it. Because of that, many MLSs decided to add a new status called coming soon. And that means that there was a place for that new listing that had to be put in within one business day Uh, under the coming soon. They may not have been quite ready for it to go active, but at least it could go in this new status. Colleen, what are your... uh, experiences so far with the uh, the coming soon status.
1: Well, there's a lot to be aware of, and I think one of the big things that we have to educate ourselves on is that a coming soon is actually an active status. And what that means is it has to follow all of the active rules. And therefore, an active listing accrues days on market. And so, if I put a coming soon into the MLS, And the max that you can put a coming soon in for is seven days. So let's say I put a coming soon into the MLS, really the first day that that property can be shown or its first active day on the market, it's actually already been on the market for eight days. So day one, it's actually going to show up as being on the market eight days. So that's the first thing that we need to be aware of. And coming soon's are out there everywhere. They're on syndication sites. They're on IDX sites. And as our inventory keeps shrinking, it's hard to build up new listing inventory. Um, and we're seeing more and more buyers who are writing site unseen. The Michigan law says that offers must be presented immediately. And if you want a multiple offer situation, coming soon's may not be the right answer for your client. I personally had a situation where I listed a property. I did not use the coming soon status. I listed it. I put it into the MLS. And I was very fortunate because we had 26 showings on that property in one day, which resulted in a bidding war. We had seven offers on that property. So really we had a highest and best situation and my client was absolutely thrilled because so many people got to see that property the very first day it was available. And I truly believe that's what led to that bidding war.
0: So if you had put it in as a coming soon, there's a very high likelihood somebody might have written an offer sight unseen, or maybe one or two people would have, and that would have meant that you would not have had the seven offers in a bidding war that you ended up with by putting it in as an active.
1: Correct, correct. And I have to ask myself, would that have been in the best inter- interest of my seller? Because clearly we got a ton of people in, a ton of activity. And you're right. If we had just gotten an offer in where that buyer said, I'm you know, going to write sight unseen, I would not have got those seven offers.
0: Plus, it made it look like you sold it within one day, as opposed to eight days if you had used the coming soon uh, status and the coming soon rules.
1: Correct, correct. Also, uh, you have to have a signed listing agreement in place when you're using a coming soon. But in addition to that, there's more paperwork because the seller must agree in writing with a coming soon addendum that they're willing to let you market their house in that coming soon status because there, again, are different rules.
0: So one of the rules is that during the time that it's in the coming soon, which I think you mentioned there's a limit to how long it can be in coming soon, and that's uh, seven days.
1: Correct, correct. It can be up to seven days. Now it can be shorter, um, but what actually happens is automatically on day seven at midnight it rolls over into the active listing status.
0: Okay, and then on the once it automatically goes active, then is showing time going to allow them to set the showing, or can they set the showing? On day one for day eight, if it's coming soon.
1: How it works is showing time will automatically block any showing until the activation date. So yes, you can go ahead and schedule, but it cannot be shown to anyone until that activation date. So until it's actually an active listing and, uh, you know, again... It can't be shown to anyone. An open house cannot be held in that time frame. Really, no one goes into that property. It cannot be shown. An open house cannot be held until it reaches that activation date or that active status date.
0: So let me get this straight. It's coming soon. It's going to go out on syndication, IDX sites, in the MLS. It's going to go out so everybody sees it, but no one can set an appointment. They can't get an appointment through showing time until the activation date, which can be as far as eight days out.
1: That's correct. And it cannot be relisted as a coming soon. So it's kind of a a one shot thing. You, you list it. And again, it can be up to seven days, but after that, it automatically is turned into an active. So it cannot be relisted as a coming soon.
0: You don't get a do over and get another eight days. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Exactly. And there are, are big fines for people who do not follow the coming soon rules. Matter of fact, they start at $500 for the first offense. It's $1,000 for the second offense. The third offense is $2,500 and possible removal from the MLS. And, and that would be obviously subject to board approval. But so there's some big fines involved. So you really have to ask yourself, is this the right thing for my client? Is this going to actually benefit my seller?
0: This listing addendum, is that something that you can post on our podcast uh, site for people to see?
1: Absolutely. I will put that there so that everyone can access it.
0: And then if someone were to write an offer sight unseen and they wanted to get a receipt that they presented their offer as they're supposed to by law, is there a form for that as well?
1: Yep, that's the offer submission form, and basically it's your receipt because we still are seeing multiple offers in this marketplace, and obviously we want to make sure that they are in receipt of our offer when we do send an offer, so I can actually uh, send a link to both of those forms for you.
0: Okay, great. If everybody goes to yourrealsource.info, we'll have those uh, on the site. Now let's move on to the next status. And the next status is accepting backup offers or sometimes known as AB, active backup offers, or in other MLSs known as under contract, active under a contract, taking backups. There's several different names. They all basically uh, mean the same. What it is is it's a a pending in sheep's clothing or in disguise. It's It's a pending that's disguised as an active. So it's an active that's really got an offer on it already. How how is your experience with these?
1: You know, it, it it's tough because I think it's very confusing out to the buyers. It is an active status again, following those active status rules. So again, it's accruing those days on market. And I love your analogy. It really is a pending in sheep's clothing. People are are thinking, you know, it might be. It's an ABO status. What does that mean? Well, really, it is already an accepted offer on that property, but it's still left in the active status. And because it falls in that active status. When it expires, technically it's an expired listing. So think of it this way. If you have a deal on a property and you pend it, the days on market are held at that pending date. So if your deal falls through, let's say, now, when you are looking at that listing, remember, it keeps accruing those days on market. So if your deal falls through at, let's say, day 20, well, now you're still on the market. So it doesn't look like it it was pended. It looks like it's just been active that whole time. Um, so that's an important difference because you're accruing all of those days on market. So the clock, thing, clock is still
0: ticking and the days are accruing.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And think of it this way, too. If you're, let's say, not pending it and you are, let's say it expires because remember, it's an active. So if it expires, now your seller is actually getting expired calls because remember, you didn't pend it. It's following the active rules. So by pending something, that means that, you know, if your listing contract ran out, you know, my seller isn't getting a bunch of calls, expired calls. But in this status, if it expires, they're now going to start getting those calls. Because remember, it's not marked pending. That's the big difference.
0: So that would be very upsetting to have your seller start getting those calls.
1: Correct. And in, in a very low inventory I really don't want to be showing buyers homes that are in the ABO status. There's already an accepted offer on that property. I want to be able to act quickly on any new available listing that's going to hit the market. So I really don't want to waste time and show properties that really already have an offer on them.
0: The people that are understanding what this means, especially people that are showing buyers properties, are not actually showing these in this status. That's the what I'm hearing. I've talked to people. Are you noticing the same thing? They're not going to show them because of this status.
1: Yes. Many agents that I'm talking to are saying the exact same thing. You know, I don't want to waste my time and show a property that really already has an accepted deal on it. I'd rather find them something, you know, first or second day on the market and get my buyer the home they're looking for.
0: Well, especially given the uh, low inventory. And the problem with the inventory right now is it's shrinking every single week. We watched that pandemic curve, which, by the way, is also posted on our podcast website for you to see. And while the number of listings were almost at the same uh, number of new listings each week, almost, but still slightly below last year. But the number of closed and the number of pendings are above what they were last year. So we're selling more and pending more, but we're not replacing the listings as fast. And so the inventory is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking every week. And so I think people that are trying really hard to find something to buy, they just get upset with these accepting backup offers because They'd rather wait to see something that they can really buy and be the first one to to put an offer in on it. They'd rather make sure they can buy it as opposed to hoping and praying that they can get their backup offer accepted because while they're waiting for that to happen, other properties could pass them by.
1: Correct, correct. And it's also very hard on those buyers when, you know, they don't know if they're going to get a property. It's just hanging out there. I want to show them things that they really can write on and, and we can get for them.
0: There, is there an, an addendum for this? No, that's for the coming soon. There's no a special addendum for this status. They just mark uh, in this status if they want to.
1: Yeah, I think the one thing we need to remember is that you could always write a backup offer. You don't really need a special status for this. Accepting backup, in in my opinion, we never really needed this status because we could always turn in. You can always submit a backup offer. We always could. As a matter of fact, if you read the law, it says that any offers that are presented uh, or any offers that are submitted must be immediately presented. So we could always have backup offers. And matter of fact, um, so many times we still see backup offers coming in even after we've pended it. Like so, if it doesn't work out, here's a backup. So offer. what
0: they could do is go ahead and market pending and then put in the remarks that they're uh, open to accepting backup offers, but leave it pending so that the days a market is not accruing And things like that. So it doesn't stop them from accepting backup offers if it's in a pending status.
1: Exactly. And that way it behaves the right way. It's not accruing days on market. People, you know, aren't getting expired calls. It's working the right way. And yes, by simply placing accepting backup offers in the comments, that's a way better way to ensure that none of these other things happen.
0: So I think the takeaway is that we've got these two new statuses. It was important for us to add these two new statuses so that everyone can see the data sharing accurately and they see what came in from other MLSs, but it's not necessarily that we're recommending it. So we added it to the database. It's there. It helps with the data sharing, but it's not like we added them in hopes that anyone would use them
1: correct i think that there's a lot of information we really need to know about these two statuses and i think i really appreciate you dave giving us all the facts and all the information on them
0: well this has been uh, i think uh, a very interesting interview with you especially about something that you've got some experience with and i loved your example of the 20 what was it 26 uh, offers that you got and seven 26 showings 26 showings and seven offers and that's just using the old-fashioned active status.
1: That's correct. And I, and a very happy client on top of that.
0: Well, there we go. So that's a, a good story to hear. So thank you very much for talking with me today about these two new statuses. And the next time we add statuses, we'll talk to you again.
1: All right. Thanks so much for having me, Dave.
0: Thank you. I want to thank Colleen Delang for our wonderful uh, interview today. And I want you to remember that you can always visit our website, yourrealsource.info, where you can ask questions and you can link to our YouTube channel. But remember, it's not the source if it's not your real source.